Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we are starting a brand new Mesechta, Mesechta's Meiser Shani. Meiser Shani is dealing with more gifts that one has to take or remove from their finished produce. However, unlike the previous cases of the Truma and the Meiser, where it has to go to someone in particular, either a Kohen or a Levi, or back to the Kohen, here it's allowed to be eaten. In fact, it's supposed to be eaten by the owner, however, only in the prescribed place of Yerushalayim. Our Mishnah, therefore, is, begins with talking about the idea of Maishasheni and who owns Maishasheni, what exactly is Maishasheni. You see, the way it works is that after, if you have a field and you remove, and you, as we know, you have your peya and your lek and your shecha while you're harvesting. You leave the pay in the corners and whatever falls, etc. Then you finally make it, as we learned so many times in all the different permutations in the previous Masechta, you get it to the point where it's now produced, it's, it's, the production is finished, now there's a chiv of maestros, so you take the truma, which is 140th, 150th, 160th, we'll say 150th because that's average, that goes to the Kohen. Then Meiser, one-tenth of that goes to the Levi, and the Levi gives from that, again, an additional one-tenth back to the Kohen, Trumas Meiser. When that is all done, you then proceed to give more, another tenth, to Meiser Shani. What it means to give to Meiser Shani is you designate it as Meiser Shani, and that has to be brought, that food has to be brought to Yerushalayim, where you eat it within the walls of the old city, or if the food won't make it to Yerushalayim, you can be poda, you can redeem it for the value of it onto coins, bring those coins to Yerushalayim, where there you can purchase food and eat it in those walls. Now, one important thing to note is that the way in which the agricultural cycle works is it's a seven-year cycle. One, two, three, four, five, six, and seven is Shemitah, and then it starts over again, kind of like the days of the week. Intentionally, obviously, it's intentional. The Meiser Shani obligation is only in year one, two, four, and five. Whereas in year three and six, that's where we the money, the tenth is given, it's called Meiser Ani, goes to the poor people. And in year seven, obviously, we know, is the year of Shemitah. Our Mishnah now opens up trying to figure out what exactly is Meiser Shani, how do you treat the produce of Meiser Shani. Yes, you have to bring it to Yerushalayim, but what sanctity does it have? And in fact, our Mishnah is of the opinion, which is a machlokus in the Gemara, that there are some who say Meiser Shani is in fact Mamun Gavoa, that once you designate it to be Meiser Shani, it no longer belongs to you. It happens to be in your possession because you're the one who is the custodian on it, and therefore you're watching over it and you're going to be the one to eat it. But really it belongs to God, and you can't buy and sell it, as we'll see in our Mishnah, where others say, no, it's Mamun Hedyot, it belongs to you, however you are prohibited from doing certain things that are bizillion, that are that are not that are not appropriate uh, and that are to do that are, um, with sacred items. It's inappropriate and disrespectful to do certain things with sacred items and therefore you are pro- prohibited from doing certain things again in our Mishnah as well. Meiser Shani says our Mishnah, you should not sell it. You should not use it as a security for a loan. If you have a loan and you, you're, you're, if you want to take a loan out and someone, the person's afraid you're going to default, so you say, okay, fine. Here's all this Meiser Shani. You get it in, in the event I default. Also, so you can't trade it either. All these, either because it's just disrespectful to use it as commerce when it's holy, although it belongs to you, or because it doesn't belong to you. It's Mamun Gavoa. It belongs to God. You're just the custodian on it. In addition, you should not use it as a weight. That in, in the event you have to go weigh out uh, another, some other produce, say, well, I know this apple of my Sosheni weighs one pound, and so now we'll figure out how much the, the grain weighs by putting the apple on one side of, of, of the scale and the grain on the other. It's just disrespectful. 
And even in Yerushalayim, where you're allowed to eat it, where in Yerushalayim, if you have the coins that you redeemed from Isashani, now you can purchase food. And that food, by the way, will now, the Isashani, again, the way it works is, food you designate as Isashani is now Isashani. When you then redeem it on a coin, that food reverts back to being chulin. It's now, you can treat it like it's regular or good old produce, and the money now has a sanctity of Isashani. And then the money, which with which you then you take that money, you purchase produce. That money now reverts back to being chul, and the produce now in Yerushalayim takes on the status of the kedusha of Meiser Shani. So a person might think, well, if I, I'm allowed to in the old city of Yerushalayim, in the old in Yerushalayim, I'm allowed to exchange my money for produce. Maybe I can exchange my produce for produce. take this Meiser Shani wine and give me regular oil. That too is prohibited. That too is not appropriate. The Chengshar Kol HaPeros. And just as it's, pro- it's prohibited for um, the areas of Meisr Shani, it's also prohibited for all for all the areas of Meisr Shani, it's also prohibited for all the areas of Meisr that are Durabanan. Meaning it, it goes on both, not just the, 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 the Rices, but also the Durabanans. However, I will know but you can give Meisr Shani as a gift. Or in probably the more probable scenario is I can invite you over to my house and say, come eat Shabbos meal with me and serve you Meisr Shani. Because in fact, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving you, I'm gifting you this Maizasheni. That is definitely permitted. Mishnah Beis is now going to discuss other areas where we have similar halachos. This opens up talking about Maizer Behema. The way Maizer Behema works is every single year, every tenth animal. Again, they would pass it through, and they, they this is very Elul theme, right? We discussed this in the month of Elul, how in, in the Osana Tokif, how we have a sheep passing before Hashem, and he and he chooses he chooses us. So too, the sheep would pass before the owner or the whatever the cattle, the goats, the cows, and every tenth one, the person would mark down, and that would be that would become a sacrifice. And if they were blemished, then they were unfit to be a sacrifice. Says our Mishnah, Meister Behema in Tamim Chai. A Meister Behema, an animal that has been designated to be Meister Behema, one is not allowed to sell it if it has no blemishes and it is alive. Or even if it has a blemish, whether it's alive or it's been slaughtered, one is not allowed to sell the meat. Now, why are we saying uh, blemishes versus no blemishes if there seems to be no ramification, no nafkamino? So that's going to be for a contrast of the end of the Mishnah. A person cannot be a cottage. You can't betroth a woman with Meister Behemoth. A person can't go up to a woman. Not so romantic. Under the chuppah, instead of pulling out a nice ring, pull out a cow and say, this is my Meister Behemoth cow. Hurry up, Mekadosh is Parazu. It doesn't work because it's not yours. It's not yours. The mission goes on. Habachar. So too, as like just like Meister Behemoth, there's a concept of Bachar. Bachar is the firstborn, uh, the firstborn uh, male cow, sheep, or goat. It has to be given to the Kohen where it's brought as a sacrifice if it's unblemished. And if it is blemished, then the Kohen can eat it as regular meat. Nowadays, we don't, we don't have sacrifices, so we let it get blemished. A Kohen who receives it may sell it if it's unblemished and alive. And a blemished one, whether it's alive or it's slaughtered. And he may betroth a woman with it. I.e., what the Mishnah is telling us is nowadays when we don't have we don't have the ability to bring the bechar as a carbon as a sacrifice, so it belongs totally to the kohen. And you can again contrast to the to the meiser behema and the meiser sheni. You can basically do what you want with it. Now the Mishnah is going to return back to the topic of meiser sheni. I'm sorry for all jumping around, but that's what our Mishnah is doing. In chalin meiser sheni ali samim says our says our Mishnah. What coins are you allowed to use 
to be poda to redeem the Maishashani, to transfer the sanctity of the Maishashani onto the coins. You cannot do it on blank coins, coins that have not don't have the official signet, uh, imprint on it. They're just a plain sheet. When I was in the mint a number of years ago, in uh, I believe it was Philly, there you can see all these coins before they, they stamp them with the picture of Abraham Lincoln or Thomas Jefferson. It's just a little circle. Nor can you do it on a, on a coin that uh, that's not legal tender or that's not, that's not that can't be used here. You can't do it on euros in America because you can't spend euros in America. Nor can you do it on money if you don't have the money currently in your possession. You can't say, you know what, I happen to have a, had a wallet and while I was uh, on a boating, it fell out and fell to beneath the bottom of the lake. But hey, it happens, it's, still my, it's still mine. I just don't have access to it right now. So I'll be poda on that. Says our Mishnah, that does not work out as well. It has to be money that's legal tender that can easily be used. It has to be money that you have access to. And it has to be money that is, again, looks like and then it has the shape of money. And then you can transfer the Kedusha of the Maishu Shani onto that coin. I wish you all a wonderful day. And Atzlach in this new Limud of Mesechtas Maishu Shani.